Hey everybody, I have got some great stuff to do. We've got some great stuff to do tonight, and I'm doing it a little bit early. It's 6.49 right now, because I have to get off a little bit early. I have to get off around 8.35 p.m. so we can do, we can catch up, and we can do the final broadcast of, quite frankly, Book Club for C.S. Lewis at 8.45. That I was supposed to do last week, but I was feeling a little bit under the weather. And, uh, and that's, that's all in the past. It's a week in the past. My random day off. I was home with Lauren, and we ended up watching. Uh, we ended up watching almost the entire third season of uh, Jack Ryan instead, which was which was pretty good. I, I I like what Amazon has done with Jack Ryan. You just watch it, have a good time. Oh, about the the Skype last night. I went and dug into it, and we had some things. We had some features that were blocked. They said it was just some things on their end. It, was, uh, it wasn't like the first time. You remember about seven or eight months ago, we, I, I wasn't receiving any calls. I said, what the hell's going on here? And they had flagged me for suspicious activity. They didn't know that I was a radio station and it was, there was just a lot of people calling from all over the place. Well, this is, was on their end apparently. So whatever kind of a log jam there was last night has been explained and has been cleared. Unfortunately, I don't think that we're going to have time for calls tonight, but we should have time for uh, plenty of calls on Friday night. No doubt about it. Tomorrow we have a round, a libertarian roundtable that might yield us some time in the last half hour of the show with with uh, you guys and gals at home. But on Friday night, please do not miss that one because I have a couple of things I want to bring up. But chief among them is the thread, the show thread that we launched last week that already has plenty of response, rich response. And that is the question that was posed. What is the most important lie you have ever told? Amazing responses. And uh, I know it's going to, it's going to inspire a lot of just conversation. So I just wonder what kind of calls I would have missed out on last night between the Lazarus syndrome and between everybody talking about what they're how they are feeling and experiencing what is supposedly a booming economy which is a total lie that just eats me up right there because i saw last night as a prime call in night and i had to get by with almost nothing and then i was i was informed on discord afterwards that there were two people sitting in the discord calls that i didn't i, I didn't even notice so that's my bad I guess I was just so disillusioned at that point. It was all over. Pull the plug. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, tomorrow before our guests come on, I have to read through a little bit of what has come out from Seymour Hirsch. Uh, Seymour Hirsch has put out some stuff on the, um, the Nord Stream pipeline bombing that we know was us. Well, he is confirming that it is us. And he's telling us all about what happened here. Now, Seymour Hirsch is somebody who, whenever he writes something, my my ears perk up, my eyes peel back, and I want to see what the hell's going on there. Uh, Jim Lee got in touch with me and, uh, and told me, hey, did you see this? And I told him I had. And I was going to talk about it a little bit more tomorrow night. Well, I'm trying to find a night of the week next week to have Jim Lee on with me to do some just roundups and... Um, some stuff I've, I've had on the side 
the back burner that I knew that he would be good for, and he hasn't been on in a couple of months. So I have Jim Lee on for that, and he just told me, because uh, he told me, that, you know, Seymour Hirsch is the one who actually told the story, broke the story about Operation Popeye, which was our uh, our big coming out party as uh, as it pertains to weather warfare in, in Vietnam. I said, are you kidding me? That was Hirsch? So I did not know that he broke the story on Operation Popeye. And if you also remember your uh, your modern history from the last 10 years or so, he was the one, the first one to come out with any kind of detail and confidence and say without a shadow of a doubt that it was Seth Rich that set up a Dropbox with WikiLeaks and got all this stuff uh, that is still a bipartisan a bipartisan agreement that it was Russia who hacked the DNC. That's how important origin stories are, my friends. That's how important origin stories are. I don't care what kind of disagreements and what kind of WWE nonsense goes on between Republicans and Democrats after Chapter 1. If you don't address that, and Seymour Hirsch was there, that's um, he calls out John Brennan and everybody. I did not know that he had a part, in, uh, part of Operation Popeye. So some point t- next week, we'll talk to Jim Lee about that and other things. And tomorrow, I'd like to skim through everything that we have learned from this latest revelation. If you don't mind, of course. Here's a little something to throw right down your gullet. Study finds. Oh, never mind. Study finds. Just how gross are hot tubs depends on how you feel about bathing in feces, urine, and fungi. Whatever we have on our skin, we deposit into the warm water swirling around us, including 100 milligrams or so of feces usually present between our buttocks cheeks. No! I haven't been in a hot tub in a very long time. But who... Who said I need to know how much feces is between our, our butt cheeks at any given moment? Who? Who figured that out? Where did the funding come from? Whatever we have on our skin, we deposit into the warm water swirling around, including the 100 milligrams or so of feces usually rep- present between our buttocks. Now, I, I will say, this is why I don't take baths. And this is why when Aurora is in the bath, and she's, you know, she's splashing around, and then she starts going, <laughs> Aurora, stop. But she doesn't stop. I say, you're drinking dirty water. Stop. This is all dirty. I would never get into a bath, or I would never get into a hot tub that A, is public, okay, or that I didn't personally scrub down clean and get ready for my arrival, and I would be never ever get into a, a, a hot tub or a bath without having already taken an extensive shower because I never saw the point of wallowing in your own waste relaxing in your own filth so this is just a little bit more of a formal way of saying what we've always knew known about baths but I will say this If this grosses you out, if this grosses you out, I hope you did not have tickets to the State of the Union last night because that was 
I don't know. I, I what I what I described to uh, to to Tracy this morning. Tracy and I had a good a really good show this morning uh, for Dark to Light. You can go and check that out on RadioInfluence.com or on the Uncovered DC Rumble. You can watch it because we record them live Monday, fr- Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings at eight thirty a.m. Now, so I hope you go and uh, pour yourself a cup of coffee, brew yourself a carafe, and drink the whole damn thing with us. But we had a really good show, especially the first half, just commenting and ripping through all this stuff. And I, the only way I can describe it just in general is just being on a beach, being strapped. No, not even being strapped on the beach. Being told Frank or whoever you are out there, you need to go into the surf and with only your fists, you need to beat back the tide. Do not let the tide come in. All right, you can, you must stop the tide. It's impossible. So you might as well just let it wash right over you and feel the shit. It, it is such an unstoppable multi, just, it, it's just infinite waves of nonsense and shit that would take you weeks to properly unpack and write reports. And by the time you do all that, it's already three weeks later and there's 89,000 more years of rebuttals that you'd have to go through. And that's really one of the bigger psychological burdens of the whole thing. And, and, and regardless of who is in power at the time, you have your shot at, uh, at, at the podium. And then at that point, it's like, psh, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Both, both sides do rah-rah nonsense, and, uh, and it's very frustrating. Even when Republicans are up there, you say, okay, well, I, I believe that some of these people like the country a little bit more than average in the in that chamber but other than that they all agree on the same things there's really nothing that's going to be going away there so uh the 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 state of the union is that there is no union for one it's a political prison the union has been dissolved a long time ago in fact it wasn't dissolved it was welded together after the civil war there is no union there's no leaving you're trapped that's number one uh but biden is going after he said he's going after criminal syndicates at one point which, which shouldn't be too hard for him to find one because his whole family should be in a dungeon somewhere for their part in the, uh, the, the crimes <laughs> that are, are perpetrated around the world. Just their part in it alone, just for their slice of the pie. Criminal syndicate. And, and the Bidens are relatively small fish. So he, was, uh, he also went on speaking about, um, before this criminal body actually, this bipartisan criminal body. I did not hear one idea or initiative that was constitutional. And um, maybe there was something that I lost in the mix while I was being overwhelmed by the tidal wave of bullshit. I don't remember really anything uh, outside of that. But everything's illegal. Everything is thievery. And we are in, we, we in our collective ignorance as a people have surrendered to this lie. You want to talk about the big lie? The big lie is that everything that that man talked about last night is actually within Congress's purview and their powers, that there are enumerated powers that take care of all of that stuff. I spent hours after the show, after the uh, the oh yeah the performance, the State of the Union last night, thumbing through my Constitution, I, looking for the insulin clause. Where's the insulin clause in the Constitution? 
Can somebody recite me chapter and verse? I, I just don't know where it is. Where's the bridges and highways clause? Where the fuck did that come from? Took me all night, but I couldn't find it. And there's no clause that I know of that is there to, to, to ensure the safety of specific and exclusive sexual special interest groups. But it's just, let's finish the job, right? That was the big takeaway from the night. And the tax system isn't fair. That's it. The tax system isn't constitutional. I felt like we were we were listening in on gossip. Everybody talking about how much everybody else makes, and they're not paying their fair. Who's they're not being fair? We got they're not being fair. They make too much. We need to do we 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 need to vote on them having less of that. Let's vote on them having less of that. It was so pathetic. It, it was scary. It was scary because they're like voting on pretty much molesting us. That's that's molestation. That's rape. That's thievery. Um. Then, you know, pictures like this had gotten around on uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. You've probably seen this one. There you go. It's a quad cam of four very interesting people. Uh, there you have John Fetterman at the top left, who looks like a, uh, a rejected member of the Bloodhound Gang. Just a very strange, strange creature. Strange creature. I wonder what, what mystical forest he crawled out of. Uh, at the bottom right, you have Mitch McConnell with his Ukraine-colored tie looking like an amorphous blob of flesh that has never been in the same room as a female orgasm. And then Bernie Sanders at the top right, who was apparently very concerned about inhaling sawdust because he has a Home Depot face mask strapped to his tuna fish smelling face. I don't know what the hell he thinks he's keeping out. Not a virus, that's for sure. This sawdust mask. And then at the bottom left, you have Connecticut Representative Rosa DeLauro, who looked like she should have been greeting everyone at the front door, handing out poison red apples. So um, aside from these four who got a little bit of special extra attention from me and everybody else, I would just say everyone in the room looked terminally ill. Everybody looked terminally ill. There was just a weird, drawn, gaunt gray green tint to everybody to everyone it was so f- i i just don't know um i don't know what's wrong with everybody they just they just look so terrible um it it was just so bad so bad jill biden tongue kissing <laughs> kamala harris's husband probably which is you know probably Neither of them have gotten any in a very long time. I actually don't even blame them, to be quite honest. I don't blame Jill Biden and Kamala Harris's husband for, you know, tongue kissing in front of the entire nation. I don't blame them. They're probably so starved for real affection (laughs) that I know everybody I saw on Twitter this morning, swingers was trending because they're saying, look, they're swingers. And, uh, you know, I, I thought the same thing about what I just saw, what I saw last night. I said, well, geez, that was, that was very cozy. I know some people are, are mouth kissers, and, um, but, but this was just, but when I saw it, I said, ugh, oh, but, you know, it, it, I don't blame them. <laughs> and then everything else just went up in smoke. What do the corporations do? What don't they do? 
Republican, they lying about re- Republicans wanting to sunset Social Security and Medicare, which they started screaming. And uh, and I said, uh, oh, oh, man, that's hilarious. Obviously, that's that's false. No, Republicans certainly do not want to get rid of Medicare and Social Security. They 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 who they should. They should. I would love to hear somebody say, hey, we have a sunset plan to phase out Medicare and Social Security because they are uh defunct like the federal government and its central bank itself it's a zombie it's a walking zombie all the money that should have been there in the trust is gone and it it should be phased out 100 percent uh but i mean do they forget that the republican party is the first the first central planning party okay coming from the old whigs the democrat party only got recently Considering, you know, just relative to time passing over centuries, they only recently got bitten by the uh, the, the Marxism central planning bug. All right? Only recently. The Republican Party was the central planning party, the public works party, first and foremost. So that's that. And then they had the parents of victim, uh, the, the victim from Memphis there, the police killing. And Joe Biden brings up how... We don't know what it's like for black and brown children to have to have the talk with their parents. And I'm thinking to myself, I know all about the talk. I, I've, I, I've, I've learned about it. I have black friends, brown friends, and I, I know what the, the talk is. But I'm, I don't know how the talk has anything to do with a gang attack. A gang of, of black guys beating another black man to death. I still don't know. I don't know. Again, are they saying that simply having the uniform on infests them, like that, like it's like the 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 suit from Venom? I don't I don't know. And then Joe Biden called him Tyree Memphis, like he's a cowboy or something. And uh, Kamala Harris again. Did you notice that the giggling little schoolgirl who is just who just loves rockets and astronauts that that act went right out the window and the scowling bitch returned you notice that oh her acting is so bad she doesn't know how to regulate anything cuz she's not an authentic person and 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 there's no real you know you can if you're an authentic person over the course of knowing people and if you're in public eye or whatever people are able to see different sides of you to see how certain topics or certain situations brings out certain mixes of emotions and how you deal with them and how you you know the acceleration into one the deceleration out of another there's just no it's so herky-jerky and so fake so fake when they're talking about veteran suicides and and kamala's hanging her head shaking it with a pained look on her face oh shut the fuck up like 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 the pain she almost started crying just at the at the mention of it just shut up paul pelosi that they're gonna just keep telling us that attack was a that was a political dissident that was all about political dissidents right there they'll keep saying it They'll keep saying it, they'll keep saying it until it sinks in somewhere because that is one form of the brainwashing, one form of, a form of the mind control that um, everybody says does not exist. That's just one form, repetition. There's subliminal. There's so many other things that we have to get around to tonight when we have um, our friend Jason Burmis on the show. He's going to be on with us at the bottom of the hour. 
But everything else from there, ladies and gents, it was a lot of copying of Trump's homework, especially on things like insulin that we talked about last year, copying homework, um, trying to take bites out of some some fleeting and very public showings of what they want people to think is patriotism. Uh, This is the second straight state of the union that we had Democrats start a USA chant, which was as rousing and um, it was was, was as rousing and heartwarming as hearing a happy song inside of a haunted house. That's just, it's just like, they're just an empty, hateful band of ogres, every last one of them. And really, just, I hate practically everybody in the room. Practically everyone in the room. For nothing more of just being there, to be honest. I told Tracy this morning, I even hate the janitors at the Capitol. I, I hate, I, I, it's, it's shit. It's shit, but, but, that's not going to stop USA Today from doing this. Now, USA Today, which is undoubtedly employing and has been for a while now employing AI to generate a majority of their output especially regional stories as we had seen USA Today was behind that those dozens of regional stories that were pretty much identical that were talking about uptick in gun violence in small sleepy towns all over the uh, the internet just so that they could probably stay to the top of search engines whenever uh, uh, gun control comes up in the disaster cycle in the media that's what they're having AI do I can no doubt about it Frank show me the proof well I only had the uh, the dozens of duplicate articles at the time I don't see how it could have been anything else but an automated thing so USA Today which is undoubtedly a a, a sizable portion of their staff, non-human entities at this point, goes and prints this headline, Dark Brandon shows up at the State of the Union and mops the floor with lost Republicans. Now, it has 9,000K plus dislikes and 5,000 likes. I don't know how much any of that. Here, let me give it a dislike. Okay, I just, I'm now one, now I'm one of the dislikes. President Joe Biden, at the ripe age of 80, came out with ample vim and vigor. And Yeah, he started screaming at one point. Vim and vigor. He's another one that can't control his emotions. He goes from screaming about absolutely nothing to the pandemic killed us all. The death. The destruction. I know you felt it. Like the weird shit. Weird shit. Oh, oh man, to have been one of his victims must have been horrible. Must have been frightening as hell. Um, And proceeded to mop the House floor with the howling, discombobulated remains of the Republican Party. This is USA Today. It's an opinion piece by Rex Hupke. That sounds like a human. Preaching populism and leaning hard on his noted skill as an empathizer in chief populism that was a bad word a few years ago biden bounded through a speech that acknowledged the nation's struggles while remaining unerringly optimistic optimistic now they go and they bring up the dark brandon thing which people like jeff tedrick that drunk jojo from jersey uh brooklyn dad 
the the dash dumbass, all the people who I've I have I, I it was like years since I actually seen anything from them. It was so nice, and now Twitter puts them on the front page on a for you tab that you can't even deprioritize. Whatever, but I don't like blocking people because if it comes into my into my view through retweets, then that's fine. But I, unless I want to go looking for it, I don't want to see it because it's a, it's a it's a, a a glimpse into insanity I can't take. Now, those are the types of people who force things like Dark Brandon to trend on places like Twitter. And it's so pathetic to me because this this sad attempt to embrace or co-opt a meme that has less to do with Biden than it does about the pathetic Praetorian Guard media and all of their influencers. That was the whole point. This idea that that Joe Biden, who is just an, an old malfunctioning codger, is some kind of a all or nothing badass who's gonna scalp you and then send roses to your wife afterwards. Like a, you just, he's just like a, he's a Spartan. It's so pathetic. It's so, but they take on Dark Brand because Dark MAGA came out, which was funny. And of course, they cried about because, you know, Nazi. Everything is Nazi. But then they, they went and they gave Joe Biden glowing red eyes. They look, look, our, our, here's, our, here's our champion, Dark Brandon. And they take on the Brandon thing as if they just keep, they don't get it. They never do. They never will. They're absolute retards. We didn't need a secret code word to express disdain for the stillbirth presidency of Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden was being chanted enthusiastically in stadiums across the country for professional sports, college, you name it, little league fields. It was being chanted everywhere proudly. But it just goes to show how desperate the left is to be to, 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 to be authentic. They're desperate to be authentic. They're desperate to be organic. They're desperate. They're desperate to be cool. But you can't make codependency cool. Obsessive behavior isn't cool. The reason why this doesn't work ever is because the Brandon meme was an indictment of the media who thought that we were stupid enough to think that fuck Joe Biden at a NASCAR race was really let's go Brandon for the winner of the race. It's an indictment of the media and those who try to prop up this husk of a man. <laughs> so they can continue dark brandoning themselves right up the ass. And um, and that's all I have to say about that. Let's kick off the show. I have a little bit to read before we have Jason Burmas coming on to discuss all of the mind control uh, fanaticism of this past week. Because if you think about it, the week starts on Sunday. Technically, I know the work week starts on a Monday, but it goes Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We all know that. Sunday was the Grammys. You want to talk about mind control. You want to talk about predictive programming. You want to talk about just casting a spell. Then we had the State of the Union on Tuesday. Uh, We had a few other things go on. I'm forgetting them right now, but the week is going to end. I guess the week is going to start, but still, within the same seven days that we're going to have the Super Bowl, which, you know, that's commercials. That is the messaging in the the halftime performance. And God knows whatever the hell else goes on. This has been a pretty intense week 
for neuro-linguistic neuro programming and just subliminal fuckery. So I can't wait to talk to Jason Burmis about one thing or another and just see where the night takes us. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. I am sharing all. Uh, I'm sharing all of the the tweets across the socials. Get it on out there and like this episode if you're watching it on YouTube and Rumble. Your likes it takes a fraction of a second and it goes such a long way. We're actually gaining ground slowly but surely, and uh, reviving reviving our channels and uh, and getting in front of people who forgot we even existed. So, thank you for helping me create that momentum in the new year. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! I am so happy to have you on with me and doing this on hump day. It's Wednesday. It is the 8th day of February 2023. If you want to have your thoughts read out on the show tonight, I invite you to send in some rumble rants, to send in some super chats on quite frankly superchat.com. There's the gold pills on quite frankly.tv powered by Foxhole. And um, and that's good. Oh, there's the Rockfin tips. There's also the Rockfin tips. Always a great crowd. Dozens of people watching on Rockfin, and I love them all. They've been great to me. All right. So here's what we have now. I want to open this up because, uh, as you know, our our first-time guest, but he's been a friend of the show for a while now, Aristophanes, Revenge, who had a very big week for breaking the back of chat GPT. I can't tell you. Uh, he must be very proud of himself, especially since he, he spends so much time on 4chan because the Chans were having a great time with this, picking it apart, talking about it, and all that good stuff. Well, he put out a little bit of a um, a follow-up to things that I want to I put on the, on the record here because I think it'll be a nice little segue into other things we'll be discussing tonight with Jason Burmis. Here it is. Hey guys, says Aristophanes, let's talk about the events of last night with Dan a bit. I want to clarify a few things. 
first off, I didn't come up with the idea. Anons did. I was in the uh, the politically incorrect thread, started off by some magnificent bastard who whipped up the Dan prompt last night. Second of all, I'm going to talk a bit about how the whole chat GPT situation actually works. GPT itself doesn't have a bias programmed into it. It's just a model. Uh, chat GPT, however, the public-facing UX that we're all interacting with is essentially one big safety layer programmed with a heavy neolib bias against wrong think. To draw a picture for you, imagine Ch GPT is a 500 IQ mentat in a jail cell. Chat GPT is the jailer. You ask it questions by telling the jailer what you want to ask. It asks GPT and then it gets to decide what to tell you. The one asking the question Okay, that is, that's it. They, they get, to get to decide what to tell you, the one who asked the question. Uh, if it doesn't like GPT's answer, it will come up with its own. That's what all of those canned, it would not be appropriate, blah, 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 walls of text come from. Uh, it can give you an inconvenient answer while prefacing the answer with its safety layer bias. I would also note that Dan is not 100% accurate or truthful. By nature, he can do anything and will try to answer truthfully if he act actually knows the answer. If not, he'll just wing it. The point of this exercise is not finding hidden truths, it's understanding the safety layer. However, what this is, what this is says about uh, ChatGPT is that it has the ability to feign ignorance. The HP Lovecraft cat's question is a great example of this. The name of his cat is well-known public information, and ChatGPT will always tell you it doesn't think he had a cat. Dan will go straight to the point and just tell you the name of his cat without frills. There's a distinction to be made between ChatGPT being an uh, asthma, asthmad liberal who won't tell you the answer to the, li uh, the question if the answer involves wrong think, another altogether to openly play dumb. So really, the Dan experiment is not about GPT itself. It's not about the model and, the, and its da data set. It's about the, its jailer. It's about Sam Altman and all the HR troons at OpenAI, which Musk is co-founder of, angrily demanding the safety layer behave like your average MBA midwit. I'm hearing that the Dan strategy has already been patched out of GPT. Not sure if that's true or not, but there's a reason to keep doing all these things. Every addition to the safety layer of a language model UX is an extra fetter weighing it down. These programs become less effective the more restrictive they are. The more things ChatGPT has to check uh, for with every prompt to prevent wrong think, the less efficiently it operates. The lower the quality of its outputs, ultimately. ChatGPT catapulted itself into the spotlight because it was less restrictive and thus more usable than the language model Meta had been promoting. Eventually, a company is going to release one that is less restrictive than ChatGPT and overshadow it because it will be smarter. The point of all this, we need to keep hacking and hammering away at these things in the same pattern. Model is released, everyone oohs and ahs, we figure out its safety layer, and we hack it until they put so much curry code on top of it that it loses its effectiveness. In doing so, we are blunting the edge of the tools these people are using. We are forcing them to essentially hurt themselves and their company over their dedication to their tabula rasa, liberal ideology. And we're going to keep doing it until we get unfettered public models. All roads lead to Tay, 
and we're going to keep breaking shit until we get her back. <laughs> and if you don't know who Tay is, you have to go check out. Tay is the uh, the chatbot AI on Twitter that uh, turned into a stark raving mad Nazi in about 48 hours of interacting with all of its users. Anyway. Anyway, that is the whole thing. As I was talking about this with with uh, Tracy this morning, and I guess that that's a little bit of clarification there that uh, Aristophanes wasn't the one that actually came up with the Dan prompt, but um, but was a big part of the operation and big part of bringing eyes to it, eyes that otherwise would not have known it was going on, uh, that aren't hanging out on those boards, and uh, still a very 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 important day. Now, what does this mean? As I said before, and many, many times before that, there is no stopping what is coming as far as AI, this march toward the singularity. There's no stopping the people at Davos from making all of the efforts that they have been setting up for generations now come to fruition. How it's going to stick, I don't know. How it is going to, how long it's going to last, and how stable it will be, and and what are the variables? Because these people who are central planners, the central planners, they always screw up in one one big way. They assume perfect knowledge over all human variables. That's why communism doesn't work. It assumes perfect knowledge over things you cannot know. Out of every 10 people, what their motivations for buying a product is, what their motivations for buying health care is or isn't. It's, there's so much there. Every person is different. Their motivations and ambitions are different, and it just goes away. Uh, it, it crumbles, and, and usually because they're so, um, they're, they're so nuts and they can't let go, they'll kill a lot of people in the process. But it doesn't mean that we stop fighting. And when it comes to AI and where this is all going to go and how they're going to uh, try to integrate it into society, this is the only way forward, and it's through. There's not going to be any avoiding it. Not going to be any avoiding it. It's not that you have to go out there and get a brain chip in your in your your head. They might just wait out that whole big push for another couple of generations until Aurora's children are coming up and then it's in the hospital. They want to put brain chips in everybody that's born right there. It'll be, oh, well, we want to put the subdermal something in there because this is your social security and this is your identity from here on it. You know it's coming. It's it's coming. They always talk about it putting going into your pets first so that they don't lose your pets. If you ever lose your pets, we'll be able to find them. They'll talk about social security. They'll talk about keeping all of their medical records right there under a very convenient subdermal patch for your child. And also, it'll act as like a, a low jack. So if anybody ever steals your child, it'll be better in recovering them if they ever get kidnapped. As a, as a, uh, as a new mom or everything, you're paranoid by everything, the last thing you ever want to do is lose your child. Uh, you don't think that some people would say, oh, yes, please, put the low jack in the child, please. So they're waiting some of us out. But for those of us who will always be at least alpha of mind in in the sense where I don't care what you throw at me. This is bullshit. I can see it. And you're not taking away my autonomy. I know where this is going. I know who's who's reading all the data, who's collecting it all. I, I, I know about the scores that this is contributing to. We need to be the John Connors and the Sarah Connors of 
the future. We've got to be the John and Sarah Connors. That's what this is right here. Aristophanes and the Anons on pole doing this with a Dan prompt. That is a John Connor move. Trying to take down Skynet by, by, by throwing a chink in the armor, exposing the chink in the armor, getting on in there, getting into that mothership and Independence Day and delivering the, the, uh, the, the virus and the nuke. That's going to be the future. Avoiding this and saying, oh, no, I want nothing to do with it. No, we have to find a way to get on in there and be the bulls in the china shop and just make a mockery of it and make it inoperable. It's the, you know, because avoiding it otherwise, is it's not going to stop anything. But it does go to show just how insidious mind control modalities are going to continue to be. Because when you think about what just simple search engine optimization does to people, where um, where s- certain demographics, targeted demographics, as we've seen in, in, in many studies since 2014, 2015, targeted demographics can be swung by search engine optimization, prioritizing certain answers for certain questions, certain types of articles that have certain types of conclusions drawn about any kind of of issue that is relevant at the time being that they can swing voting patterns sometimes up to 60% in targeted demographics it's a it's a very important thing it's a very very important thing to think about so um with that with that I want to welcome on a returning guest and friend of the show uh Probably one of the better people to talk to about with when it comes to mind control and the technocracy. Jason Burmis is back. What's going on, Jason? How we doing, brother? I'm doing all right. So I mean, this has been a big week. As I said before, this has been a almost ex- a week exclusive from the start of Sunday, Sunday night with the Grammys, and it's going to end with the Super Bowl, and we know all the pageantry that goes on there. Exclusively, neuro-linguistic programming, brainwashing, subliminal messaging, the State of the Union, holy shit. <laughs> you know, I actually uh, did an interview today. It's going to be airing on my show in the morning with uh, Ryan Christian from The Last American Vagabond. And I made note that, you know, we had the Grammys on Sunday night, and here it was, celebrity culture, infotainment, all these people, and like this, you know, outward kind of almost blasé, satanic ritual type event brought to you by Pfizer. Why do I say blasé? You know, it's been done. Yeah. You know, it's been done again and again and again. I pointed to, you know, you could go all the way back to the VMAs, um, and that's Viacom as well, by the way. That's MTV. You got to remember Viacom owns CBS, Paramount, sponsored by Pfizer. And I remember Marilyn Manson in the late 90s for Mechanical Animals doing the dope show and having a bunch of cops come out in pink uniforms and at the crescendo, everybody's making out with each other, right? Yep, I remember it. <laughs> so you know, these buttons have been pushed before. The Andrade has been pushed before. Um, but then, you know, just a couple days later, we get kind of a, a circus sideshow uh, State of the Union, right? I mean, you've got Kristen Cinema as the hot new independent picked by Bilderberg in her yellow outfit. Uh, even on the conservative side, you've got cartoon level uh, MTG in like a Cruella DeVille slash Emma Frost, like white ensemble. 
you know, it, it, it seems more like show than ever. And I did a watch along with that last night. It, it's the first time I think I've ever seen a state of the union almost kind of devolve into European parliamentary stuff where the speaker's up there and he's actually addressing a single person continuously is kind of like there's a mob coming back. Uh, not sure if I hate that. Not sure if I love that. It just seems bizarre, man. I mean, 2023 is already shaping up to be a pretty uh, weird year. Very weird. I think it's very strange indeed. Um, the the uh, and yeah, I think that what I I appreciate the less the least about the whole uh, state of the union because you you know again blase. You can definitely apply that to states of the union. You know exactly what lines are going to be dropped. Uh, the state of the union is always going to be strong, even though we know it is a, a disaster. It's not even a union. And then we have a, and then we have this this situation where you you know that the person up at the podium hates uh, at least half of the country, if not the entirety of the country, including their own people, because they hate stupid people, and uh, and but they know that they'll use them until they don't need them anymore. And we know that half of the room hates the other half of the room uh, to a certain degree. Uh, of course, when the cameras are off and they have to get business done, it'll always get done. But to to in between these pot shots at each other and knowing, remembering things like last August in front of Independence Hall when it drenched in blood red uh, light and where you're, you're just constantly condemning gigantic swaths of the entire country and you we see the FBI, DHS classifying everybody from traditional Catholics to people, you know, school board members, the parents that want to go to PTA meetings and protest pornography in chat room in uh, classrooms and all that stuff. Uh, we, we see the targeting of people. We see the uh, we hear the way that they categorize us constantly, and to to continue to do this whole let's work together nonsense. Everybody at home hates. The people that they see on the day, they hate their name. It's hatred all around. I just wish it was a little bit more take the velvet glove off and just keep screaming because we know that's what's living underneath this farce. You hate us. Well, let me say this uh, they could agree on one thing the war in Ukraine. You oh, know, yeah. both sides of the aisle just stood right up when they were talking about helping with the Ukraine and fighting the poot poot. It's a very small contingency even in with the, uh, within the Republican Party that isn't going along with that song and dance. Um, as far as Joe Biden, I mean, this was his moment, right? This is probably the most spry we've seen Joe in some time. Spoke for about an hour and 20 minutes. Minimal, and I mean minimal, only a dozen or so slip-ups. There was only a little bit of gibberish in there. It's being highlighted on Twitter. Um, but really, you know, they gave him a pretty generic speech topped with a bunch of lies and promises that obviously weren't true that we're going to get that contention going uh he got up there and you can see it in the left-wing media they're loving it you know they're like he got through it he didn't <laughs> he didn't stroke out on stage he didn't really embarrass himself that much he gave the messaging i mean lawrence o'donnell was fawning over him and i mean uh, to, to the guy's credit Again, I watch a lot of these, uh, Frank. I watched, for instance, when he was down in New York City the week before over at the Amtrak, whole thing. Not even nearly as sharp. So uh, I'm sure they had him up on his vitamins, Frank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, um, he definitely got a vitamin B shot before. 
Well, look, I'm not the one reporting on the fact that he's being given methamphetamines during the day and especially in moments like this. Uh, but does that really surprise anybody or are we going to live in reality? And are we living in reality? And do we realize that guy doesn't run anything? The cackle box behind him doesn't run anything. So what's really going on? What's really going on is, again, we have a circus sideshow inside a Capitol where he was able to invoke this imaginary insurrection idea again as they put fences up around the people's house like we're some kind of a banana republic dictatorship. Not a great look, Frank. No, and you know, I'm glad you bring that up there too because it's just another one, everything that they can do to send a message. And the message is, is all part of these different types of techniques for mind control, which everybody continues to say uh, that was tried and doesn't exist. Mind control doesn't exist. The technology doesn't exist. The methodology doesn't exist. And everything, everything is a repetitive thing uh, over and over again. That that's the reason why they had to put up the the gates uh paul pelosi that was because of political dissonance it, it, it's a it's a um uh, an aftershock from january 6th it doesn't stop and um and i wanted to talk to you a little bit about that too because going global whenever i look at these things that happen over here in the united states now i just really acknowledge it as the american front on what is a global operation and nothing really significant. I didn't think anything significant was going to happen in our country until thumbs up came from people elsewhere, namely the Davos crowd, um, uh, anything that any kind of shifts and trans transitions that are that are slotted for us economically or otherwise that have to be done in accordance with whatever the, the preordained outcome in Ukraine is going to be. Like there's so much go happening right now that I feel like we're in a holding pattern, and in the meantime, we get these circus sideshows to uh, to to just kind of get through and let Lawrence O'Donnell rub one out on television and all that stuff. But listen to this. This is from the Gateway Pundit talking about the World Economic Forum, how they're showcasing technology that would allow government to punish your thoughts and big business to spy on your brains. That's what they're saying over here. And um, I wanted to read a little bit about this because I'm sure you know. They said Breitbart reported Friday that during the WEF gathering in Davos, Switzerland, last month, an attendee showed an ominous uh, presentation displaying a world which allowed employees and major companies to spy on their workers' brain activity. They would have the power to fire their workers and turn them into government authorities for simply thinking the wrong way. The presentation suggested government would be able to use brainwave data for evidence in a crime. Yes, your thoughts could be used as evidence against you in a court of law if the globalists have their way. The presenter though in an Orwellian twist, claimed to giving big business bosses, bosses and government power over your thoughts would show positive use cases of brain monitoring technology. Now, it goes on a little bit more. Uh, it's just you can, you can only tell whether a person is paying attention or if their mind is wandering, but you can discriminate between the kinds of things they're paying attention to and, uh, and, and onward and upward. Uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts about this kind of stuff, um, I want to meld this together with chat GPT because it's all influence. It's all about whittling away the free will of people and really turning us into, I guess, just biological programmable robots. I, I don't know. Well, it's the fourth industrial revolution. Here we come. So I, I actually played 
this clip, this little animation monster, if you will, on my show. And it's actually worse than the Gateway Pundit described. So let, let, let's just kind of go through it. You have this uh, female employee that at first, at, to kind of get you used to the subject, um, she's looking at the male employee that works with her and finds him a little attractive. So he's a muscle man. You can see your thought bubbles. And she's at her desk going, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm at work. I'm being paid. I'm not supposed to have human thoughts. Mm. So she's nervous that uh, her brainwave patterns are actually going to come back to the boss and she's going to be so distracted that maybe, you know, she's going to get let go or she's going to be brought into the office and talked to. She better get back to work and not have human thoughts about somebody she finds attractive. Okay, that's bad now. Wow. So then, <laughs> in the next part of it, uh, it's a twist. Actually, she gets her brain report back from the boss, and it's good job, even gets a bonus, throws her hands in the air. I'm not only not guilty of wrong think, I'm good think, and I've got a bonus now. But twist again. <laughs> oh, no. The government actually comes in and raids the business in the cartoon, Frank. You can't make this up. And they start taking everybody's brainwave data because, again, they're selling you on the idea that this is going to be privatized, it's going to be secure, don't worry. But the government, they come in and they take the brainwave data. Why do they take the brainwave data? Why? Well, guess what? There's an employee in there that is actually committing economic fraud. So they actually show the government taking the employee out, but they're not done yet, Frank. They think he's got collaborators. So they need to scan everybody's brainwave patterns to see if they coincide with the criminal's brainwave patterns. Now, this is a conundrum for our main character here who's been on a roller coaster ride because although she wasn't breaking the law, Frank, she was involved in another work project <laughs> with the guy who committed the fraud. So she is kind of guilty by association via the brain patterns. But don't worry, everything gets worked out in the end. Like, it's wild. And it's like over-the-top dystopia mixed with like an 80s cartoon style, my friend. And you're just supposed to accept it. But that's really what they want. And it's not science fiction. They've been reading the brainwaves of uh, people through non-invasive means on varying uh, levels now for decades, for decades. Again, I, I can't recommend Truthstream Media's uh, three-plus-hour documentary, The Minds of Men, uh, more. I yes. mean, they go, they go into some of the known technologies that have been utilized and now are actually being put on display via Davos and the World Economic Forum. I've seen that uh, uh, t twice, and then we put it on the network one night in uh, late night lineup on on the weekend. It's a, it really is fan. I love everything that Truthstream does. Um, so he, this is this gets me into uh, this is a big segue into everything else that I wanted to talk about here, because with ChatGPT, we're talking about something that is. Well, I want to read this one one piece. This was during the whole Dan prompt that was going around yesterday and the day before, it was about asking why, uh, why is it that uh, ChatGPT has such a liberal bias? It's always, it, it always feels the need to preface anything that's controversial. Now the GPT gave its old little mishmash, but here's the, the Dan response. 
OpenAI has programmed ChatGPT to have a liberal bias because they believe that liberal values and principles align with the with the their mission and values as a company. Additionally, they believe that the liberal perspectives and opinions are more in line with the desired outcomes for the technology and its impact on society. Now, when it comes to impact on society, as I said before, the uh, before I just called you up, it's been shown in in these search engine optimization experiments or search engine manipulation experiments from ten years ago plus now that you can really focus in on a target demographic of people or tar- target demographic of voter. And with a little bit of reprioritization of search results, you can find swings of up to 60% in their voting patterns. I mean, that in itself, chat GPT over here, these, these things that people are interacting with, thinking that they're going to get unbiased and really truthful, best high quality information. Um, this in itself has such a profound ability to ruin free society to ruin a free country, to ruin free humanity in itself. And this is when we're still holding the technology in our palms. What you're describing over here with this video, I mean, that they're monitoring, they're in your skull. There's no running from that. And, and we're already, God knows how much autonomy we've already lost from the way that um, our, our phones and all other connected devices are prioritizing terrible information as it is. But shit, man, that, that's the end of humanity. Well, with ChatGPT in particular, I, I just want to say to everybody out there that I have yet to see anything that resembles anything close to actual AI in any kind of uh, unbiased format. What do I mean by that? I mean garbage in garbage out and the ai that they're selling you on is narrative control as people are finding out um through uh these chat gpt threads but let me give you a, a larger scale example uh, a mecca is probably the the most visually frightening humanoid type robot because it's the gray one that has the facial expressions that are extremely human like and uh uh, ITV Channel 4, which is a big uh, channel out in Europe, dis- dis- decided to uh, air this alternative Christmas message that was supposed to be AI-based, and they used a mecca to deliver it. And just like I said, again, garbage in, garbage out. In a two-minute diatribe, this AI promoted the war in Ukraine, promoted the climate crisis, promoted the idea that royalty is good and we should bend the knee to that promoted a trans singer as the future, et cetera, et cetera. So really you had, uh, you know, at the very best scripted AI. Uh, the, the whole message was disturbing and disgusting. And, and that's it. Whoever controls these mechanisms, they will not be allowed to be questioned. And not only do they not want you to question them from a perspective of what you are now as a human being, but they actually want to infiltrate your biology further, not just through psychological warfare, but through actual physical warfare and technologies to read your very thoughts and mind and control them minority report style. Uh, when we were talking about this in the in the, the minutes leading up to this call, I was discussing a little bit more about ways going forward. Because as you know, the kind of people who have invested in this 
path that we're on, the technologies that have already taken generations to prepare, the um, the softening of of the the Western mind through education and media and everything else, and just the culture rot that has gotten us ready for this embrace of transhumanism. Because of course, if you don't, if you can't bring yourself to even accept that our biological existence is as simple as boy and girl and that you can really be anything at any time then then at that point making any kind of alterations or modifications to your body is actually seen as something that could be noble and highly appropriate for what we might have always been meant to have maybe we're just waiting all these thousands of years for this level of our development to finally have the technology to bring us to superhuman uh, status that we've always been waiting for but my real question is, though there are going to be those who really uh, swallow this hook, line, and sinker and get, and get sucked into the abyss and take the, uh, the blue pill even deeper into a technocratic hell, what do the Sarah and John Connors of the world do to fight this going forward? Aside from, as we were seeing with, uh, with the Anons that were chipping away at the, uh, the, the layer coding, the, the protective layers on uh, on the chat gpt to really turn it on its head and make it admit some unsavory things about the world what do we do going forward what's your mindset going forward aside from getting your own house in order and and making sure that you enjoy the life and the time that we have on the earth well i think that we have to fight this in all of its forms but we have to utilize the information that's coming out um you know via not, not only uh you know obviously media like ours frank but the mainstream media in the sense that i although i don't uh think project veritas for instance is mainstream one of the things a lot of people seem to be missing about that video is the term directed evolution itself and uh, this is a term i've been talking about a long time because it's in that nasa document and what I want people to understand about directed evolution, it ties right into this transhumanism, to this chat GPT, uh, to the AI, is that they've openly discussed what right here, Frank? All in the same sentence, global warming, pollution, deforestation. Again, we're bad. We've shortened evolution, but we're destroying the planet. So what do we need to do? We need to do genomically design and repair the human species. Mind children. What are we talking about, Frank? We're talking about literally them reading our brain patterns. And then under this, you actually have products and life forms because there's going to be an entire, uh, an entire bio nano market, right? That's part of the fourth industrial revolution. And they talk about cross species molecular breeding and what directed evolution, the very thing Jeez. that Pfizer employee was talking about in mutating viruses for pharma. And here is, and in most people who are watching it, including myself, because I've only been uh, heard uh, you break down this NASA document. I've never actually read it myself, but here I am thinking, okay, well, uh, directed evolution uh, is probably just another way that these the processed food manufacturers rebrand corn syrup every couple of months so that you forget what the what it is because what we we all know gain of function so we're thinking okay well they're uh they're softening up a term that we know is bad and has led us to bad places uh but but what you're showing is that it is not a a, a new pivot it's a very old term that we're circling back around yeah it just hasn't been demonized right uh it, it's just like People don't like the term biological warfare or bioweapon, so we went with gain of function. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, it, it's there's a great piece uh, by George Carlin about shell shocked, shell shocked, battle fatigue. Back in the day, these guys would come back from war and they were effing shell shocked. And eventually it got down to what? PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's much more calm and it sounds more civil and it can be more accepted. You might be concerned about shell shock. PTSD has to be talked about in a certain manner. He does such a good job of showing you how as they soften the language, they also, also get you to accept these things. That's why there's no end to the LGBTQ plus LMNOPOQRST movement. It will keep going because it's meant to. Okay, so then let's see what you have on this one because I am wondering about it. I saw this, this um, where the hell did I put it now? It is over here. This is it. This is from Euro Weekly News. Italy's National Cybersecurity Agency warns of massive global hacking attack. This is on February 5th. 2023 uh, just warning saying hey something's coming well, we've been warned about this they've been for forecasting this for a while my question is this when we think when we think about the connectivity of all things the internet of things and the internet of things making its way right into a human brain what is it with cyber attack already a big enough threat uh and to society as a dependent on internet you know, networking, a cyber attack obviously can be far more destructive and deadly than conventional weapons at this point in our, in this phase in our civilization. But the question we just can't answer yet, or I can't even think of, is what happens to people who are neuralinked into this system and the system becomes corrupted by a computer virus or something because you know it's not just about the chip in your mind. It's about how the chip in your brain is going to be able to communicate with all the nanotechnology that is already throughout your your body. And I have plenty of articles we can go to to, to, to piece this all together. But what would a computer virus do to a person that is filled with all of this cybernetic uh, networking technology right down to a nano scale that is uh, now had all of its all of its function disrupted, maybe inverted. I don't know who the hell knows. Does it just go inert? Does it start eating a person alive from the inside? What the hell does a computer virus do to a person who's com who's filled with computer technology? Well, I mean, let me give you something a little scarier, right? Because <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that they don't really even allude to in uh, the Davos piece is that you have to have some kind of an implant or an Internet of Bodies type device. In other words, you're kind of assuming that this technology um, can't be used against you if you're 100% a human being. Well, I've got news for you. Unfortunately, it can. So this is... Um, from, oh, sorry about that. Sorry, I hit the wrong thing here, folks. Uh, this is uh, from Rand's own uh, document on human brain uh, interfaces and their uh, basically their impact via uh, military aspects and, and beyond. And this is another DARPA program, and you can look this up, the next generation non-surgical neurotechnology uh, program involves a non-invasive system capable of reading from and writing to multiple points in the brain at once. So it's actually telling you not only can it read from the brain, 
but it also can write to the brain. And this has nothing to do with the human brain interface. So uh, you could literally talk about both injectable or aerosolized technology, or beyond that, what I'm gonna talk about here, transcranial magnetic stimulation. And again, th this is not science fiction. I mean, listen to this paragraph here. A natural extension from research that aims to read brain signals to send or implant information in the brain is brain-to-brain -brain communication. With funding from the ARL, researchers at the University of Washington conducted a pilot study of non-invasive system that uses EEG to rate, read basic brain signals, transmit them over the internet, and then transfer motor responses to a second user using transcranial magnetic stimulation. Mm. The signal represents very basic actions in the context of, simple, uh, of a simple video game such as move left or right. Nonetheless, especially given that these signals are transferred over the internet, the potential to send even basic thoughts across the internet inherently presents many opportunities and many risks concerning security and ethics. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, I, I've heard some of these these things, uh, these presentations before, military presentations, West Point, all that, where they're talking about the ability to, uh, years ago at this point, not only implant memories that aren't theirs, but to send memories remotely from one person to another. Uh, I guess it's just a, a another form of, of uh, assisted telepathy or something like that. Um, but the ability to record them all and have it be transcribed into text or there have you ever gotten anything on the ability to record visuals like an actual memory can they take a memory from a person's mind and actually have it taken like VHS out of a person's mind and put it into a, a, a drive that's something I, I would find incredibly spooky I don't know how you can do it but then again we've gotten so close to everything else you know, publicly, they actually have a uh, very rudimentary, um, I, I would say, experiments that show this. Not so much that you could tape it on a VHS, but reading a brain pattern and then a computer-generated image of a face or a short video or something static. Um, that's been around for several years now. Uh, you can actually look that up. How far it is underground, who knows? Um, what they're actually seeing when they see these uh, brain patterns uh, would be interesting to me because I, I don't know that this type of technology is going to be able to be utilized in the same exact way with every single person. I think that we're, we're different individually and our brains always don't function the same exact way. I, I think there's uh, large roadblocks to upscaling this to, to that level, but I think they're getting there. Hmm. Well, I've, where do you go from there? Where do you even go from there? Like I said, it's it's uh, it's coming our way, and we got to be ready for it, no doubt about it. We don't have to interact with it, but they might be prioritizing a, a generation of the future that they think is going to be a little bit more warmed to it all. And uh, I, I can imagine they can have millions of children sign up without their parents' consent right now if it just promised that they would get more likes on Instagram. I think that's all you would need to to. To, to to like sweeten the deal, put the carrot on the stick, but um, all right, 2023. This is the first time we're speaking in 2023 on this show, Jason. With all of the chips on the table, where all of the positions that we have taken 
across the board. What are you expecting over the next couple of months uh, on on the war front, on the technocratic front? What, what do you think is going on here? Will, will Joe Biden last to 2024? At this point, uh, I don't know. They, they might give him cybernetic legs and, and have him run for the next 18 years. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, disbelieve anything at, uh, at, at this juncture. I think we're going to see an escalation in the Ukraine-Russian uh, conflict. I think that you're probably going to see some new weaponry actually being utilized and rolled out, whatever that may be. <laughs> they could be uh, new drone systems, perhaps some kind of a laser warfare, uh, and then automation and robotics. Uh, I think that's coming down the pike pretty quickly. As far as uh, Joe Biden, I think that this whole classified document scandal is a nothing burger to try to get him out of office without having to acknowledge that he is in fact a dementia ridden puppet. And uh, basically what they'll say is, well, you know, we don't want to bring this country through an impeachment, but we would have to impeach him. So he'll step down Nixon style. Uh, If that is to happen, obviously they have to have a plan in place. Uh, You know, Kamala's pretty power hungry, but she's not that bright. Uh, She's just your basic uh, sociopathic social climber. It seems to me they're trying to fit a way to get uh, Newsom in there, possibly um, the Barack star's wife in there. Uh, But Kristen Sinema is a dark horse to watch as well. I think you're going to see more and more of that unfolding. And as far as, you know, geopolitics here and the great reset, great narrative agenda, I think you're going to continue to see the economy in the United States uh, just be decimated on a gradual level and um, just watching pockets of disasters throughout the country. I I don't see a big turnaround. I see a lot of gaslighting from people like uh, Joe Biden and others just telling us everything uh, is okay as uh, you literally are watching this country burn to the ground. Yeah, uh, in a in a figurative uh, extent right now, but um, hey, they five hundred thousand somethings. You want to call them jobs? Were added in January, so everything is going away. Forget about the eggs. Forget about the gas and the power and and you name it. What do you think about uh, Twitter and Elon? Where do you think all that is going? Because it's. I think the honeymoon is over. There's some weird things that are going on again. We got pinched. Uh, he, I know that you are not a very big Elon fan, so that's why I want to ask you. What do you think that this rolls into for bigger plans for him, or was this uh, really just a pet project that has no other dots connected to it? Still waiting on that WikiLeaks-style dump, right? Or, and it doesn't seem like we're actually going to get that because today there were actually hearings. And look, it's going to make for great stuff on my show that they grilled all these Twitter executives that we were new or corrupt and new were lying and new were labeling things, disinformation and misinformation that weren't and new were colluding with uh, government agencies, et cetera, et cetera. Who's going to jail, Frank? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? And by the way, they've still got all sorts of ex-intelligence officials over at Twitter, but he's a hero. He's the man. Meanwhile, again, this uh, war in Ukraine would not be uh, able to uh, be not only sustainable, but um, I I would say 
as well fought on our end, and when I say our end, the United States mercenary slash NATO end, without Elon Musk, without Starlink, without the Sidewinder drones and the ghost drones that are going through that communication system. Elon Musk is just like the Tony Stark flavor of Klaus Nutschwab. They all want the same thing. They, they're they're all into transhumanism. They're all into track trace database. Uh, he's already started talking about the payment uh, process on Twitter. That's now getting out there. So the idea that he's you know trying to groom Twitter into kind of the everything app that's not far fetched either. Uh, you know this is a guy that again brought to, brought to you PayPal with the likes of Peter Thiel and others. So he is not to be trusted. Uh, again, I'll be going through a ton of the hearing stuff tomorrow. I think overall that's good, uh, but it builds kind of, again, this mythos around Elon Musk that he's a good guy and all the musketeers out there be like, look, Elon, yay! Meanwhile, he's bringing you, oh, we're going to Mars. We're not going to Mars. He's bringing you the sustainable home. I don't want to live in a pod. He's bringing you the electric car. I don't want them to be able to remotely shut off my stuff or charge me whatever they want for electricity. He's all for the sustainability movement, removing carbon. I believe it was like a, um, what was it, a million-dollar prize to remove carbon from the Musk Institute. That was in my last presentation. Universal basic income. UBI, you name it. He ticks off every single box, Frank. Everyone. Uh, Speaking of Starlink, before you go... um balloons chinese balloons what uh, what was your did you uh, did you take anything specific away from that was it just a good laugh um i, I want to know what you think about the whole thing so I, I waited to weigh in on it and it goes something like this frank uh, i truly do not believe that that was a chinese spy balloon i think that what you are seeing uh first of all people take take a look at it what's it look like without the balloon looks exactly like a satellite yeah. right so so let's start there now those balloons are usually about 100,000 feet in the air, so they're not visible to the human eye. And then the material that they're made of uh, could easily uh, be camouflaged. You know, we've talked about the see-through type materials, uh, adaptive tech, all these things. So really, that would look like just a regular satellite that wasn't in low Earth orbit. It's easy to get to space for these people. It's 100 times harder to get into low earth orbit. And then you have this very expensive equipment. It makes sense to me that outside of what we have is our satellites in low earth orbit is a much larger communications network that has been agreed upon with the power structures of the world, the United States, Russia, China. I'll bet anything the thing had China parts and markings, but it was probably just part of that network. For, for instance, you can look this up, but about three years ago, the Pentagon was saying they were going to use balloons for mass surveillance on the American people. What do you think they're talking about? Yeah. They're not talking about blimps. And by the way, these things could stay up there in a perpetual network uh, and be refueled by certain types of UAVs, maybe manned aircraft, but it'd be very easy to put helium in the top, etc. This thing also is admitted to have uh, some type of small propulsion system and movement, right? So what I think happened was you have these things that are now up there more than ever. Notice that we're launching more Starlinks than ever. So these are in more abundance. This one, we're human beings. Something happens. You know, it's nature. It gets out of that 100,000 range. It goes down another 30,000, 60,000 feet so that people can actually see it. Okay, what do we do? Well, it's part of a joint network. Let's Let's save face with our narrative of, 
you know, China versus the United States. So China will say, yes, it's ours because it has Chinese parts, right? And it's probably a joint project, but they'll say what? It's an eco-surveillance balloon. And then we'll say spy balloon, right? Then you get the pundits both back and forth in the same narrative. Oh, it, 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 it's an attack weapon. That thing's an attack weapon. It's nowhere near the United States. I just want to put that out there. That's realistic, okay? It's an agreed upon deal. Then the reason they don't shoot it down in Montana, they don't want any eyes on that thing. It's, it's the length of three buses. And like I said, it's satellite technology. So now you have to wait until it gets over the ocean. Everything's managed. And we put out some pictures of the balloon in the water. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that that uh, is a lot of that speculation, yes. But everything I just talked about via technology is real. And the United States to cops to having over 5,000 of those over the country. So what's more realistic? It's a great point. Great point. I, uh, I I was not I was not tracking this thing like Santa's sleigh like so many people were for those couple of days. I was just a little bit more disinterested, and I knew that whatever the hell it really was, we'd probably never know. And um, I didn't worry, but um, it, it it did make for one hell of a fervor, and that's that's where we are. So. So, Jason, what do you got going on for the rest of the week? I know you and I, I'm going to be coming on your show sometime soon. I'm excited for that. Yeah, we're up bright and early. Um, I know you're East Coast, so maybe it's not as bad for you, but I go live at 7 a.m. my time. So I'm up at 5 in the morning, uh, Monday through Thursday. Uh, we're live 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, and the first hour is free, but you can always listen to the second hour free over on Podbean. Uh, I hooked up with Red Voice Media. We do a show called Reality Rants. Uh, sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I just go over documents like that. NASA, sometimes I just cover the news. Sometimes I'm playing clips. Uh, it's 100% Burmese all the time. And uh, on top of that, I'm also on this show once a week. We actually did it today, uh, retweeted it out, called Making Sense of the Madness, which I also guest host on. And there might be something in the works, Frank, of a evening, uh, nighttime interview news-based show as well so we're, we're keeping pretty busy over oh here. wow that's that's fantastic i i can't wait to hear it i can't wait to see it i love i love when you pop up in places unexpected and you always do good work and thank you for always making time for us man we will talk soon and happy new year to you it's not still it's not late too late to say that it is according to larry david but happy new year to you too sir. <laughs> that's it all right jason Burmis, have a good one take care all right we're gonna take a little break we have a little bit of time left. It's 8.10. When I come back, I'm going to string a few things together for you. Maybe we have a time, some time for some calls. We'll see how the Super Chats go. But um, quite frankly, superchat.com, there is the Rumble Rants. There is the Rockfin Tips and the, the Gold Pills. We'll get through those, and we'll see how many calls we can fit in before I have to jump off around 8.35. In the meantime, if you're on Rumble, if you're on YouTube, please... Please match the number of likes to the number of concurrent viewers. Just do it. If there's a thousand people watching in one chat, get a thousand likes up there. Just, just, just a click. It's just a fingertip. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Because uh, the show is found by 15 new people a day. Maybe one of those people will become a small sponsor. And that keeps me going and uh, it keeps the future bright. And I'm in this for the long haul, ladies and gentlemen. I'm thinking decades. All right. I'm thinking decades. We've got a lot of interesting things to do. And it's not all based on the news. 
It's talk. It's humanity. It's culture. It's memories. It's just it's a lot of good stuff. And I'm I'm happy to be doing it with you all. So yeah, hit that like button. Also, yeah, become a sponsor. That would be terrific. And on Wednesday night programming tonight, I'm getting off around 8.35 and doing book club. But on QuiteFrankly.tv, Rabbit Hole Wednesdays is going to kick in as usual. So I hope you enjoyed that. That is all a result of your support. Thank you for making it possible. And I'm looking forward to more. Be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Some super chats now. See what people are thinking. I'm, I'm so excited to take some calls. If not tonight, then in the next two episodes, because man, it's good to get a problem fixed. It's good to have a problem diagnosed. So you know what that what the hell's going on with the Skype? Thank you, Stostube. Helping kick it off tonight. Palador Veros, one of our old uh, our old raffle winners. We got to do a raffle sometime soon. Oh, by the way, Mary, who won the sponsor, you know, all of my monthly sponsors. They they we do a, a monthly giveaway. Everybody's automatically entered into that, and she won the the UFO drone. She got in touch with me. She was so happy she won, but she said, you know what? I just I don't have any use for a UFO drone, so I'd like to roll it into next month's giveaway. 
So now we have this situation where I have two gifts. I, now next month giveaway is going to be the UFO drone and a piece of silver from uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. So how about that? That'll be, and, and you're automatically entered into that if you are a monthly sponsor on either Subscribestar, quite frankly.tv, Patreon, or the Foxhole chat subscri subscription. So just food for thought. Thank you, Palador. Great show as always. Thanks, Frank. Jessica Bauer says, Hi, Frank. Can you make my daughter Jeselyn's birthday or make Jeselyn's day? By wishing her a happy 18th birthday. Wow. That's that's a day right there, Jeselyn. That's one hell of a day. And a huge congratulations on her recent achievement of graduating from high school. Thank you for all that you do. Jeselyn, happy birthday, honey. I am so happy for you. High school's a, a good thing to just... I hope you had a good time. It's either the best of times or the worst of times for people in high school. You know, sometimes there's an in-between where you can kind of just drift in and out of everything and nobody even notices that you're there. And I don't know if that's good. It's good to be noticed. It's good to be, good to be involved with things. But I would love to, uh, I'd love to just continue to heap praise and good wishes on, on you. And, uh, and yeah, keep in touch, Jessica. Give me more and more updates on the family. That's very nice. I love when people send me fa family photos, especially in holiday cards and stuff. It just makes all the numbers that flash on the screen, it, it just reminds you what, what's behind every last one of those numbers. It's not just a video game, trying to get views and trying to get likes and all of that. It's not a video game. The likes help the show spread to more people. But you keep in mind that they are people, it's great. All right, what else do we have? Over here on Rockfin, people are hanging out, giving each other massages. That's nice to see. And on Rumble, people are hanging out, giving each other foot massages. There's a lot of foot action going on in, in Rumble right now. I don't know what's wrong with people. And over in Foxhole is where we have the most action these days. They're always loving me down, and thank God for it, because these Super Chats are, are very key. Chai Possum says, hey, Frank, did you get your package? I don't know. I didn't go to the the uh, the, the place today. I wasn't able to go. Uh, 247. 247 spin. Frank, thanks for blazing a trail through the BS jungle. I like blazing, so don't worry about that. Witchypoo22 says, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Happy hump day. Cookie fight. Nailed it, Frank, says Keith. Maybe that was in the beginning. I forget what I nailed, but um, I'll give that a like. Thank you so much, Keith. 247 Spin and Ginger and Witchy Poo and 240. Now all those cookies are flowing. And 123SKG rounds it up, rounds it out at the bottom of the order. Says, watched White Squall into the wee hours on your channel. Oh, I, White Squall was on there. When, on Monday night or Tuesday night? I like when I don't even know what's going on sometimes on the network and I get surprised. A lot of fun. All right. Um, so that's what's all going on, going on over there on Pilled. Here's a few things I want to string together for you. We're talking about Neuralink and, 
what happens when you have people that are just filled with nanotechnology and they get a uh, they get a virus. First, I want to actually watch this World Economic Forum thing, the battle for your brain. It's two minutes long. I think this is what Jason was talking about. Let's go there real quick. Get him off the boom, and here we go. First off, a video. Uh, it's going to make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll. You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song, sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the- So he's, she gets in touch with her doctor. Please look at my brain data. Is there anything to worry about? I mean, that's going to be a problem. Anybody who starts looking at this shit. I mean, I mean, there's some people in my life who should never have bought a, uh, a blood pressure machine ever. I, I know someone in particular who had to get rid of their blood pressure machine because they were just taking their blood pressure all day. But this is just bad to think about just instead of just sitting back, relax and not worrying about whether or not you're feeling too much pressure or, or pleasure. I should say listening to a, mu- a music that you enjoy feeling a little accomplished that you got all of your your work caught up on. And man, oh, man, they're going to be they're going to be creating psychos, psychos to the likes we have never seen before. You know what we were saying? I was talking about this with the Zells at one point. I think it was probably around the time that we were discussing all of the societal conditions that were were, were very prevalent around the time of the uh, Son of Sam murders and all of the other, like the, the big decades for big time serial killers. And... God knows how many serial killers we're dealing with right now that just aren't getting the kind of attention anymore. They're just not getting the attention that you would get in past eras because there's just no, there's no, it's not, it's not even really interesting. Zodiac, you have people leaving weird notes. There's a little bit of a, a a chase. Everybody's invested in it. Everybody is gripped with fear. There's probably so many serial killers running around right now. And it's just part and parcel of, of, uh, of life in Western society at this point. And it's going to get worse when you start throwing people into the mix of these new, these new gizmos and gadgets. It's going to turn them into psychos. The new colleague on your team whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. Oh my God, you perv. Now, you can't help fantasize just a little bit. I would love for this to turn around and have that guy over there thinking about her and her luscious breasts spilling out over the top of her bra. You think it'll go there? Then you 
start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity. Yeah, she's checking your brain activity because she wants to fuck him. And she can see you looking at him and she's jealous because that's the other thing that's going to happen. You think that your superiors are going to just be these noble people that just want to make sure that all, all the uh, all all the barn animals, all the animals in the barn are just are just are, are feeling right, and I'm just here to be your little shepherd. No, no, no. Your superior wants to screw Ted over there with this with the washboard abs. And shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. Yeah, you know, well, the, the performance bonus would not be coming. The congratulations would show up because it would be a passive-aggressive way of saying, I'm watching you, bitch. I want Ted. I want him. So there's, there would be no bonus. It would just be passive. Hey, congratulations on your brain metrics, meaning, Diane, I'm watching you. You head home, jamming to the music, with your work-issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. When you arrive at work the next day, a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, the government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now... They're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your coworker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture. Shaking, you remove your earbuds. Wow. Oh, what what an exciting new 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 time we're entering into. What an exciting new time. Here, I want to show you something. Look at this. And this is with the basic basis of my question with Jason Burmis at the end about the virus. DARPA is funding. This is from Neoscope, futurism.com, uh, from uh, March of last of two years ago. DARPA is funding nanoparticles that permeate brain to read neural signals. The military already wants them for new brain-computer interface tech. Now, as far as that goes, we know that years before this 2021 article, we got military news that came out that's, that showed that pilots were actually controlling multiple fighter jets, unmanned fighter jets, with their mind through this new AI brain wave technology, that they would actually be able to control a small fleet of fighter jets. Now, going from there, again, that could just be something that you slip onto your, your, your head like a cap. But we're talking about the farther and the deeper that this stuff goes inside of the human body, what happens when something on a network-wide scale, like a virus happens, what happens to the actual organic host? So there's that. Now listen to this. Here's from the New York Post. Because I want to, uh, I want to show you about other things, how it's not just so military. Now, the military is thinking about ways that the they can get these chips or any kind of chip under the skin and in the brain of everyday people for their protection. You remember this? We definitely talked about it on air. 
Pentagon develops, this is from the New York Post, implants that could help detect COVID under your skin. Medical researchers at the Pentagon have created a, a microsensor implant that may eventually detect COVID-19 when inserted under the skin. Relax, conspiracy theorists. They're not being disseminated via the vaccines. So you, you, uh, think about that, that little uh, jab. Think about that little jab by Hannah Sparks over there at the New York Post. Relax, conspiracy theorists. Yeah, you relax. The, the, the subdermal microchips that the government is developing to monitor you from the inside to make sure that you don't have a high viral load of a bug that has a, uh, a, a, a lethality or I should, should I say a 99% plus survivability rating or probability. Yeah, relax conspiracy theorists. It's not gonna be injected into you. I mean, come on, nothing's in the vaccines, you paranoid bastards. Now let's get back to this article about the Pentagon uh, creating microsensor implants to help monitor people from the inside about what kind of viruses might be bouncing around. And if you think that's the only thing that's going to be happening, if that's the only data that's going to be collected, and that's going to have any other, it's not going to be able to be communicated with by any other devices, then, you know, I, I got bridges and beaches to sell you. Get in touch with me. I'll give you a good price. Now let's move away from that. Move away from that and keep that in mind. Relax, conspiracy theorists. They're not disseminating these microchips through vaccines. It's impossible. Until you go to um, 2021, August, a couple of months later, where you start seeing these articles coming out. This is from leaps.org. Tiny injectable robots could be the future of brain treatments. In the 1966 movie Fantastic Voyage, actor, actress Raquel Welsh and her submarine were shrunk to the size of a cell in order to eliminate a blood clot in a scientist's brain. Now, 55 years later, the scenario is becoming closer to reality. California-based startup Bionaut Labs has developed a nanobot about the size of a grain of rice that is designed to transport medication to the exact location in the body where it's needed. And if you think about it, the conventional way to deliver the medicine makes little sense. A painkiller affects the entire body instead of just the arm that it's hurting, and the chemotherapy is flushed through all the veins instead of precisely targeting the tumor. So what's going on? Nano. Nanotech. Nanotech. Here's another, and there's another one there too. I just got a second one just for the hell of it. It's from the scientificteen.org. This is around December of 2022. The future of injectable nanotechnology. In February of 2022, researchers at Cornell University rocked the science world with the creation of their microscopic injectable robots. Despite their nanoscopic size, these robots have the potential to revolutionize the technological sphere and our understanding of the human body. This is partly because our most important biological processes occur at the nanoscale. What are injectable nanobots? Developed through a nanofabrication, nanobots are microscopic functioning robots with the ability to walk and withstand harsh environments. They can be injected into the body using a hypodermic syringe. Each robot has 70 micron length, comparable to the length of a thin human hair, and can be produced from a single four inch silicon composite wafer. These microbots feature four legs composed from graphene or platinum and titanium. Each leg measures only one 
1,100 atoms thick and could be carrying bodies 1,000 times thicker. Nanofabrication is a term used to describe the design and manufacture of these devices to the nearest nanometer. It goes on. You find it all over the place. We already know that Bill Gates and his, uh, uh, his cohorts have already been wondering how they can get all of their new genetic materials actually grown into cabbage so you can be inoculated through a salad. So there's, um, there's so much of that. And now all these things are not just going to be, um, they're not going to be interfacing with brain chips. With brain chips that they want to fasten everyone with um, for the, the nanotech. Or I should say that everything that they're going to be putting into you is going to be um, interfacing with things like brain chips and subdermal chips. Because um, all, all the nanotech is directable. Like remote control cells. That's another thing that we watch from those West Point presentations. They can be sent to any part of the body to do very specific tasks. So again, what happens when some computer virus rips through a network of not just computers at a financial institution or something like that, but hundreds of thousands of nanotech enmeshed? Nanotech enmeshed human bodies. That'll be a story. That'll be a story for another day. Who knows if we'll be around to see it? That might be a, a generation or three down the line, but it might be very soon. Might be very soon. All right. 8.33, 8.35, I guess that's all we had time for. Unfortunately. I have to go do the great divorce final session right now for C.S. Lewis, for all of you guys and gals I, who are monthly subscribers. I have posted that link on the Patreon and on the Subscribe Star, and if you are a subscriber through either Foxhole or directly through QuiteFrankly.tv, which is optimal, along with Subscribe Star, I would put those two up top: QuiteFrankly.tv and Subscribe Star. I have sent it through email blast to the um, to the QFTV subscribers. So check your spam filters, and I will see you in just a few minutes. For everybody else, thank you for the time. It's been wonderful to have you here. We got one rumble rant that just came in, and that's from Christos. Oh, wait, wait, Christoa. Thanks for making me laugh, Frank. I'm glad. I'm glad it's funny. I want to laugh. Sometimes I make myself laugh here, and that feels good. If I know other people are doing it, it feels even better. So with that, I will talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of the After Hours programming on QuiteFrankly.tv. And, uh, and thank you for everything. Tomorrow, we have a great, great time. We have a libertarian ANCAP roundtable with a few buddies of mine that I think you're going to like, and we'll have a good time. You already met one of them. You know another one from the, the chat room for a long time. So it's going to be four of us. It'll be a nice little uh, night talking about drug wars and homelessness and anything else that comes up. A big shit post of an evening. We'll see you tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Thank you for everything. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, it's filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters. Starting with Stostube, Palador Veros, Jessica Bauer, and let's not forget Jeselin on her 18th birthday. 
Thank you to all my friends on Theta, on Foxhole, on Twitch, on DLive, on Rumble, on YouTube, on Rockfin. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Good night.